Hello and welcome to another episode of Safari 22. For my second episode of season two, I'm very happy to have on longtime friend, fellow high school and college alumni, and also a podcaster, Hannah Henson. Hannah, how are you doing today? I'm good, Josh. Excited to be here. Excited to have you. Like I said, we've known each other since growing up and we've shared a common journey and a lot of things that we've done and we've always had our paths crossed. And so when I thought of doing season two and the things about the spirit, mind and body, I know that you fit right in because you have a business, you're a certified trainer and you also love to coach. And like I said, you podcast and you've also been through some very, very interesting things. And all that experience and your ability to explain it and inspire others, I just feel like we're going to have a really good episode and a lot of people are going to benefit from it. So again, really excited to have you. Yeah, I'm ready to just dive right in. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so let's start a little bit with something that I know you've done for a while. And I know you've done it mostly out of the kindness of your heart. But how is managing your dad's business? What's that like? Do you feel like it steals time from you or are you, are you all about it? Wow. Starting off with a nice big question. Um, well, we only have yeah. an hour, so yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'll keep it short. No, I really like, uh, my family and the business in general. It all stems from honestly, just the work ethic that's been drilled into me. I think it also stems from faith as well, but It's a small town business, you know, we're serving the community and I love people. So um, I think it's been really cool to see, like meet a ton of people, know a ton of people, get to know their story, get to share, you know, my faith with them, my life with them. And it's been really cool. I've kind of gone from like just a normal manager of a department to like managing people, HR, scheduling, being there a lot more than Uh, I thought I ever would be because I didn't want to be here. I definitely think God has definitely worked in my heart for it. And I do love it. And I love that I'm able to have a flexible schedule to be able to coach and do other things. Uh, So I guess like it's my full-time gig, but it's been a really big blessing and I do enjoy it. It's just a lot of work. So, but that's okay. It's a good thing for me. So, yeah. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that because some things that you mentioned that I think are interesting. You mentioned that it helped you build work ethic. And mm-hmm. then you mentioned that it helped you share your faith. And then something else you mentioned, you know, maybe this isn't exactly where you want to be, but you're starting to find silver linings in it and how much it actually helps you. And I think a lot of people our age have this idea of where how their journey should go. But a lot of times God brings us in a certain place here. And when we humble ourselves to it, we actually start to see the exponential benefits of it. So Mm -hmm. let's go back to the first thing that I mentioned, work ethic. Mm -hmm. How has your work ethic developed? Well, I definitely say, and I know we share this too, the entrepreneurship aspect of it. I think that's driven me to be able to take on more things and try new things because of the foundation that I'm on. It was always something I fell back on and I still wanted to do my own thing. So I'm still able to do that. So I guess the work ethic part of it is just, okay, it's always been there. And now I can actually grow into more of a position that I know is needed and where I'm being pushed and pulled in different directions. So it's helped me, I guess, manage my time really well and stay accountable to what I'm doing. 
especially to our workers too. So I set an example and I'm able to, I don't know, I guess the leadership part of it has been insane and communication wise has been insane. So it's been really cool and I'm learning on all the time. Yeah. And I think from a faith perspective, it's helped me understand that a number one, the business isn't our families. Like I love our family and I know that you know, we put a lot of time and effort into it, but ultimately God will take care of us and has taken care of us in it. And even if I've gone off and done my own thing, like going to work and do something, God has always provided in that business. So I know that God is working in it. So that brings me peace too, in the midst of all of it, because it is a lot, you know, when you're in a family business and I think groceries in general, because of the industry and how the economy is right now. So yeah, it's been really cool and seen a lot of growth in myself and growth in our family because of it. So, yeah, definitely. So knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. because like we said, we all have our plans. Are you thankful that it's worked out this way? Or do you think that maybe you missed it or something or you have regrets? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I graduated, I was like, I want the heck out of here. I don't like my I don't want to be a part of this family business. I was so sick of it because that's all I ever knew. And I didn't want to get pushed into something that I didn't want to do. So, and I didn't really care what God had to say at that point either. Really. I loved him and knew I wanted, you know, believed in him and had faith in him, but didn't really want to do it. So I found anywhere to go other than my So I went to the cities and had a corporate fitness job and things are going fine, but I don't know that God was really blessing it. I think at the beginning, I thought that he was, but I think I needed to take a little bit more time. Do I regret that time? No, because it helped me be out on my own. I got to try different things. I met some awesome people. I picked up another job over there, but then, you know, I think I had my stint of time where I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I didn't, I mean, I spent a lot of money, didn't have a lot of money, and then COVID hit. So COVID hit. And then I moved back home and still worked from home a little bit through that job. But I really wanted to get back to the store. Honestly, I was like this. I just want to go back to the hard work. You know, it's physical. And I loved, honestly, it made me love the store even more (laughs) going away. And I knew God was just like, okay, you know, you're supposed to be here. And I was Yeah, at the time I was like, I don't want to be back here, but I truly believe that God wants me here for a reason. I don't know how long that is, but I've just seen blessing after blessing. And yeah, I think it's important to realize that. So yeah, well, like like I said earlier, I had mentioned that we have similar paths Mm -hmm. because I started out in corporate as well and I wanted to get the heck out of Dodge. (laughs) So I really I think a lot of people know what that feels like, but I believe God allows us this so that we can come back even stronger to what he really wants us to have. So now you have, I feel like if you never would have done what you did, you wouldn't have this perspective that you have now. And now that you have this perspective, you're all the more better at what you're doing. And there is a lot to be said. I know we live in a weird culture and I know you will attest to this. You kind of already have. There's a lot to be said about manual labor and Mm -hmm. how beneficial it is to the body, to the mind and to the spirit. And I think a lot of times that can get lost in Mm -hmm. the fluff of the corporate high paying and jobs. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but my goodness, if you are doing one of those jobs, you really need to find a way to exercise. Mm -hmm. So let's get into that a little bit. Let's talk about your, your personal training certificate and how you have used that. Yeah. At first, so when I moved back to Minong, we have a fitness center here in Minong and 
uh, the, uh, the personal trainer that was there at the time, he said, you know, Hey, you want to do some classes and maybe do some personal training? And I was like, well, I don't really want to do personal training. I was kind of burnt out from that, but classes were really fun for me. I made them really fun. And I loved, you know, of course people, and I don't know, just like meeting new ladies and stuff. So, so that was what I started off with. And then when he was leaving, he was like, Hey, there's an opportunity to do a business here. And they were going to offer me a position. But instead, they went the independent contractor route, which is a blessing, I think, too, and a protection over myself, because then I would have been tied down to, you know, that business and maybe giving more hours to them versus now it's more flexible. So started off as an independent contractor back in, it's probably been almost a year now that I've been an independent contractor. And then towards the end of last year, I decided to do an LLC. So it's H2O fitness, which is comes from Paul Vara, who uh, was my softball coach who died suddenly a few years ago. And um, yeah, it's been really cool. I haven't done like a ton with it. I have some consistent clients that I keep up on, but it's very, very small. And I do have goals to, you know, get that up. And I don't know, I don't do it for the money. I just do it because people need to know how to live properly and take care of their body properly. So that's where that all stems from. But I just I think people have been told so many times how to exercise incorrectly, or I'm just going to jump on this fad, or I'm just going to do, I'm like, no, cut your time in half, do this. I want you like make the most out of your time. You don't have to do these crazy things. You don't have to be a cardio bunny and be on the treadmill for an hour to lose weight. That's not realistic. And I think it just stems from like a passion, but also like a little maybe frustration because I just hate that people buy into the same narrative over and over. And I'm like, no, please. Yes. Thank you for saying that. And I was been having this conversation a lot lately. So I don't think it's a coincidence that you brought it up because it's definitely a real scenario where one, there's a lot of people that just don't know how to work out. I think mm-hmm. you and I have taken it for granted where we worked out in high school. We worked out in college. We were, you know, beneficiaries of a lot of good training and that has really allowed us to be in the positions that we're in Mm -hmm. that allows us to teach people and one thing I would say to you and for anyone that's listening don't underestimate what you know Mm -hmm. because you really do know a lot and even the little that you know is still more than someone else and -hmm. you can really help them with that whether you do get your training certificate or not even if it's just in the weight room and you see somebody that person odds are like statistically odds are that person needs help mm-hmm. and we all need help I've been you 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 know this as well. well we've been training our entire lives but I know I need help you need help and the more we help each other the more people will help us mm-hmm. and there's just such a need there for what you're doing I think it's 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 huge and I really like that you did an LLC that you realize the importance of protecting yourself protecting a brand and having the courage to take that on. So a lot of people are intimidated by corporating or managing a business. But for anyone that's listening and you're really paving, paving a path, it's so important to help solve a problem and then help yourself solve that problem. And that's why I really have this need and desire for you to have this conversation for people out there that need to listen to this kind of stuff because it is so beneficial because the community is what benefits when you take on these challenges and 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 find the proper way to do it and I was just talking about this last week that you know the more you do the more you go 
the more you're going to figure it out. So there's really no such thing as failure, honestly, as much as it's just figuring it out. And I'm hearing that from you, and that's really exciting. So let's move on to something else that I know you want to talk about. And I thought it was funny because the first question I asked you, you said it was a hard question, but I thought it was an easy question compared to, <laughs> compared to what we're going to get into. Oh, great. Okay, right. <laughs> so um, those were the warm-up questions, but let's mm -hmm. talk, okay? And this is, this is one of my favorite things to talk about, especially between a man and a woman because there's mm -hmm. so much perspective and so much benefit from it, mm -hmm. okay? So let's just talk relationship and then we'll go from there. So like, what is it? Like, what do you think about relationship? What is some struggles you've had with relationships? What are some good things? What, what is like, I just don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's, let's start with the struggles. Like, what's going on? Yeah, um, I think overall, I think relationships more often than not, especially in our age group are talked about like all the time. But I feel like, I don't know. My mom says maybe I wasn't listening <laughs> when I was younger. But I think, I think there should be more direct conversations when it comes to having specifically Christian relationships. You know, I think society can tell us how to have relationships all day long. However, those are clearly and definitely different from Christian relationships. So I think for me, the struggle that I've, I had had was like, this is how I've always done it. Like relationships are supposed to be this way. When in reality, if you're dating to marry, like it's never should have been that way. That's a hard lesson I've had to learn. I, I would say for sure in 2022 and now into 2023 but i think it's worth having conversations about and reading about and le um, reading the bible mainly and you know getting wise perspective on because i don't know i think there's many times where i probably could have been married at this point and my parents were very i'll say firm with me about how to navigate some things that I wasn't seeing, things that they knew that they were going to stand on. And I was going to make my decision either way, but they made their peace with that. And, you know, they, I don't know, I think it kind of tested our family. And yeah, just like things that I've learned from it, because I don't know, you can't go back you can only go forward. So overall with relationships, I think my biggest thing is equipping the next generation. So yeah, I've been in like youth group now and helped with high school age and middle school girls and stuff like that. So it's been talking to a lot of females, um, a little bit with males just about, okay, your perspective of a relationship, you know, dating, you know, I dated a guy and he was like, this is how a relationship should be. Other guys don't really care. Leave me and do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah, I'll do whatever you want, Hannah. You want to go to church? Let's go to church. If uh, you don't want to go, then we won't go. That kind of stuff. So and for me, I feel like I've dated a very large spectrum of like, maybe he's a Christian, maybe he's not. They say they're strong in their faith or some one guy was very strong in his faith. So I don't know. I just think across the board, relationships are just something to really dive into and talk individually with younger kids. And I don't know, actually pay attention to who you're letting in your life without letting them change your whole life. So yeah, absolutely. One thing that I think is interesting, and we'll talk about this after, okay? But part of, I think, our problem is how we were taught in a church about relationships, okay? But we'll table that because we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. 
what conversation took place between you and your parents where you felt like you maybe should have went further with the guy, maybe marriage, mm-hmm. and then it didn't like, because not everyone has that parental structure. So mm-hmm. what, what, and there's parents out there right now listening, like they might need mm-hmm. to have this conversation. So what, what, what took place there? Well, honestly, there were two situations. One guy I had dated for like three and a half years and we were, we dated through college and he was a nice guy and stuff and was a decently solid Christian, but he lived. Yeah. I mean, it was a long distance relationship and my parents saw things and they'd tell me and I tried to fix them. And then that was my thing. I like to fix guys because they're okay. You got to tweak this, tweak that. It never they never, they came as they were. And I should have just been like, okay, this isn't supposed to happen instead of like, oh, well, you know, there's potential, you know, and going for the potential because truthfully and honestly, and everything I've learned since then is they are who they are and they're not going to change unless God changes their life. It's not going to be me. So I can't be their savior. So how how um, humbling to say. (laughs) Yeah. I just, oh, it's so irritating because now I feel like I should have known this so so much longer ago, but so yeah, that three and a half year relationship, we were about the same age. And, you know, I talked to my parents on and off very flighty. I never had deep, intimate conversations with my parents saying, you know, I'm really serious about marriage. I don't think I really knew what marriage was. I just wanted to get married. So anything that was going to get me married, that's what I was going to do. So we'd been together for three and a half years. Here we go. Told my parents, um, he never asked for my hand or anything but we were pretty serious. And there was one time that my parents thought we were going to get engaged and they were praying so hard against it. So, (laughs) so yeah. And then the other relationship was like a year and a half ago or so. And he did ask for my hand in marriage and my parents said no. And (laughs) at the time I was like, what the heck are they doing? You know, I want to get married. And I feel like this is the guy, but everything that they were saying, you know, I wasn't sinking in, you know, I was just like, well, I hate my parents because they don't want me to get married. And in reality, they were a number one protecting me and knew in their guts, it wasn't the right thing. Mm -hmm. So ultimately because of my parents honor for me and respect for me, they helped guide me. And some people on here might be like, wow, her parents are really strict and you know, why didn't they let let her get married? It's like, no, honestly, they they love me. That's why they didn't do yeah. it. Because honestly, I would have been a, this, you know, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now. It would be, I would be down a different path. And honestly, it just wouldn't be good for me. So I'm very grateful and thankful that my parents do love me enough to tell me these things. And now I can mend that relationship with them. And I think it's been trying as a family, but honestly, it's brought us so much closer together now that I've like, I I know we'll talk about this later, but like rededicated my life to the Lord. And it's been so much better just because God can move even when we don't think he can. And even when we're so stuck going in the opposite direction that there's nothing God can't do. So yeah, amen to that. So let me compliment your parents real quick. And then there's another thing that I want to talk about. Uh, What's really hard and a lot of people don't understand this, but even from me to you, okay, if I'm really your brother in Christ, if I'm really your friend, I have to tell you the hard things. And that may even mean you rejecting me. You not, yeah. You most likely actually, just based off of neurology, based off of psychologically and defense mechanisms, just like you said, 
you're more than likely going to reject the information. You will not respond to it very well mm -hmm. right away. And knowing what I know and all the things that I've been through, I, I understand that now. And God has still asked me to have these conversations, to say these things. And it's it's more so, and there's these interesting scriptures in the Bible where it's like, do you love me more than your family? Mm. And then, and so when you when you comprehend that, what he's really saying is, if, if you know how much I love you, you'll be willing to have these conversations, you know, appropriately with these people willing to give up what you think you have. And so basically down the line, it comes down to, okay, well, if they turn away and there's, there, there really wasn't anything there to begin with. Okay. A lot of new believers experience this when they stop partying, when they, when they decide to structure their lives in a different way, they start to lose a lot of their so-called friends that they never really had. Okay. And so it's the same between you and I and your parents, right? Your parents decided that God's love for them and God's love for you is much greater than trying to maintain something that wasn't really real. And that's hard. That takes grace. That takes courage. That takes strength. That takes a huge vulnerability that I believe is missing today in kids' you know, parental guidance. Oh, and yeah. Right. And that's why it's very encouraging for you to say what you said. And I think that, like you just said, you've come around to it where you realized the benefits from your parents taking a huge risk, really. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. My mom always says that. She's like, I, she was like, I was willing to sacrifice the relationship with you in order so that you could understand where we're coming from, you know? And at the time, I was like really upset and mad. And I think that just came from honestly, a faith that was like, oh, I want to follow God, but I don't want to, A, number one, give him every area of my life. And number two, I still want to be able to do what I want to do and still believe in him, which is not the gospel. So yeah, not <laughs> yes. good, but. Yeah, well, it's honestly very good to hear. Okay, so let's talk about relationships a little bit more so we know some about your past and the trials some of the pain and the hurt. Okay, so where are you now today with relationship? Like, what is it that you've grown a little bit? What is it that you, you do want to see? Like, how can you tell a girl that's maybe a couple years younger than you or in a similar position prior? Like, what's something you'd say to her where it's like, hey, this is something you need to know? I think for me, I've turned into like a very firm, confrontational person. And I think what I have to understand is not everybody's going to be in the same place that I am as far as friendships go and talking to, you know, younger kids and stuff like that, but they need to know. So I don't want to mother my friends. I don't want them to feel like, Hey, I'm living better or anything. I'm not, I'm just trying to learn and I don't want to be the same person I was. And I don't, I really don't want to marry the wrong person. So I guess with relationships now, I don't know. I'm not willing to just like, I don't know. It sounds really bad, but if I, if I don't want to go on a date with you, I won't, you know, I'm not going to be like, Oh, well, I feel bad and I'm going to go on a date with you. Or hmm. uh, if we don't have common interests or if I really, honestly, the biggest thing is that if I don't see your man of God, then see you later, because I know I can't sacrifice that anymore. You know, there's certain things that, you know, might go to the wayside, you know, we may not like both like basketball or whatever, something like that. No, but, I can't give that one up. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, you're going to have to sit at a tournament. No, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So like I recently, I guess not super recently, but 
I dated a guy, you know, for a couple of weeks. He was a very strong man of God, but it just wasn't it. And I think for me, it was huge for me to notice, like, even in those couple of weeks, like this isn't supposed to happen. So thankfully it didn't go longer than it should have, but I don't know. I just, I think there's so many people, there's a lot of pressure that I put on myself where I'm like, everyone else is getting married. Everybody's engaged. Everybody's having kids. And it's honestly so annoying, (laughs) but um, it's not a bad thing. I think I've had to change my perspective to be like, okay, well, they're in that place. That doesn't mean I'm not in a bad place. So, and I don't feel pressure um, because then I'm able to, you know, specifically with coaching, you know, I'm able to be there, you know, more for them, you know, I can lead them better. I don't know. I just feel like less distracted with that, but that doesn't mean I'm not open to dating or anything, but I just, I'm just so sick of like going through the same thing. Okay. God. Yeah. You taught me how to do that. Yep. You taught me how to do that. Okay. Yep. I screwed up there and now I don't want that anymore. You know, I just, I just don't want to continually go through the same things. And it's hard when you invest time and going through different trials and stuff with a person and you, you know, end up not being with them. You know, I've been in three and a half year relationship, two and a half, all that stuff. So I think now I've honed in and focused more on youth. I mean, I'm around fifth graders, second graders, third graders. I substitute teach a little bit, all that kind of stuff. So a wide variety of age groups. So if I'm being a whole person by myself and they see that, that's something that they're going to look up to regardless of if I'm in a relationship or not. But like the youth, I am like telling them, do not date when you're like middle school and high school, just be friends, you know, just, you know, there are those high school sweetheart stories, you know, there's great, you know, relationships that come from high school, I get it. But in the grand scheme of things, try to get to know them as friends first, you know, and honestly, just have, you know, good times with them, you know, if they're, if they end up being a great man of God at 15, 16, and they carry that through, that's great, you know, great characteristics to see that through. But I think the biggest thing is just letting them know that you don't have to be like everybody else. You don't have to date if you feel left out. I don't know. I think they need to know harder detail stuff too, you know, when it comes to dating and boundaries and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's been something on my heart too, is sharing more of that and having them try to share more of that with me because that needs to be talked about too. Cause some parents, a number one, don't have those conversations with them at home. They're learning it from social media and they don't talk about it. So, or they don't want to talk about it with an adult. So if I come alongside them as like a friend or a sister or a second mom, that's fine. But someone's got to be having the conversations. Yeah. And obviously you're willing to, which is huge. I mean, that's 98% of the battle is God having someone that's willing to have those conversations. And that's really all it is. And that's something I struggle with and I won't go too far into it, but I realized the best way to start a conversation is by just saying hi. Like I used to think that, oh my goodness, like I, you know, I have to tell these people. And then I realized, you know what, they get more from me just being interested in them. And then the rest takes care of itself. And I know you know that. But a couple of things I wanted to ask you about, okay, is the word you mentioned boundaries. And you said that you wanted to share more on that. Okay, so just hit me with what it, what is it that you share about with boundaries? Like, why is that so important? 
Well, I think, you know, as Christians, the biggest thing is like no sex before marriage. But how do you set a boundary around that as a kid? You know, if your parents are gone and you invite your boyfriend over, girlfriend over, like what are the boundaries on that? You know, or are you going to be able to be in the same room together? You know, some of those things detail wise, you know, painting a picture in their head. Oh, yeah. Well, what I do, you know, or would I be more prone to fall in those areas, you know, and sexual immorality or whatever it might be. And those are tough subjects, but it's like, I think we need to be talking about this sooner than later, you know, because a lot of the youth that we see, you know, they're sixth grade through 12th grade at our church. And I think that's been something that's really heavy on my heart. And I'm talking to the leaders. I'm like, we got to like really hammer this down because not that kids aren't learning it or they don't know about it, but the church isn't talking about it as often or in detail. And again, where is the place in that for youth group? I don't know quite yet, but I know that me as a person, whether it's inside church, outside church, I should be able to answer those questions for them and provide some feedback for them in that. So I guess I was talking more physical boundary, but I think in relationships in general, you know, you come with, do, does a guy come with emotional baggage? You know, does he have a bad home life and he's just trying to get away from bad home life? Or does he come from, I'm using a guy in this example, I guess, but girls have issues too. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. You know, gossiping. I live, I live with two sisters. Yeah. I have two sisters, so they, they're never wrong. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Good answer. No, but yeah, I mean, everybody brings baggage. So how do you deal with that, you know, as a young person, if you're dating or if you're around guys, you know, what are some red flags? What do those look like, you know, as a teenage girl? You know, or what did I see when I was a teenage girl that I avoided or I don't know, just certain practical skills that, you know, girls and guys need to recognize because honestly, it just goes with them for the rest of their life. That That's how they're going to date then is, oh, well, this is a little bit better than the next one. That's how, what I thought. I'm like, oh, well, I'll just date somebody that's the best, hmm. but the best wasn't God's best or well, I, it's a little bit better, but it's not exactly what I thought it would be. And it's like, you don't have to look at relationships like that. You can look at it as plain as day. I'm going to come as I am. And if they come as they are, and we're running the same race towards Christ, then great. This might be a great match. Or I, you know, I still believe too, you know, if they're a Christian, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the one for you. So if they're still running that race, but you're like, oh, I just don't think this is it. That's still a sign too. So. Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying a lot of really, really amazing things. And I think there's a reason you're in the positions that you're in. And yeah. like I said, the willingness is the 98% of it. And to add on top of it, wisdom and experience and ability to communicate it. I mean, I think you, like I said earlier, don't underestimate what you know, because it's, it's really mm -hmm. impactful. And in kids at that age, especially the age that you're coaching at, they're so malleable right now. It's what they mm -hmm. call the, the theta zone. And you're really planting seeds in there. That's going to be extremely healthy for them later on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's get into a couple of things that I've heard you mention a couple of times. All right. Godly man. So what is a godly man to you? Ooh, um, I think for me, you know, that doesn't, I think when some women say godly man, they think, you know, oh, well, he's got to be perfect, you know, or, oh, I think he's going to be perfect. That's not true. I believe that God is my first love. 
And I believe a godly man is someone who's pursuing Christ um, each and every day. You know, he is going to have baggage. He's going to have things that are going on upstairs and in his heart. Um, But ultimately, you know, I've, you know, prayed a lot about it, journaled a lot about it. And I think a godly man just really encompasses the characteristics of God and will take care of me just like a, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so why is that so important? Why is it so important to have a God? Why is it so important? (laughs) Um, It's important because uh, I I guess I'll say for me, you know, it might not be for everybody. I think for me, I'm on mission with Christ for the kingdom because I'm not living for this world. And I want somebody who's going to walk alongside me in that mission and know that it's not for this world either. So I guess I don't know. I think, yeah, both pursuing Christ. I don't know. I think it's, it's different than a regular relationship. I think you would agree with that too, where it's not like, okay, well, we're just going to chill. You know, it's, you're working towards Christ each and every day and you're putting Christ above your relationship, learning from Christ. And I don't know. I think that's something that you're learning from each other and you're bringing wisdom from your relationship with Christ to the relationship so that it's strengthened and that it's important because Christ is the one who created relationships in general and marriage. Like Christ is the one who's said that marriage was good and bringing a man and a woman together. So I think, is that my end goal and my purpose in life? No. If he comes along, great. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I follow Lisa Harper and she is just a firecracker and she's not married and she's got a you know thriving ministry. She is who she is. She's bubbly. She's fun. So I think it's not a defining factor for me, but I think what I've realized is, you know, a godly man is so many other things other than just like a cute guy that's a Christian. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's not complicated. It's just, he's got to be pursuing Christ just as I am. Otherwise, if I'm not dating a Christian, it's unequally yoking and it's just not going to work for either of us. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good way to put it. The, the last thing you just said, uh, yoking right? It becomes a burden. And that's what we're seeing a lot. And <laughs> something that you're talking about earlier, that's just such a, and I was in it too. Um, but I experienced something kind of the opposite. But right away, a lot of us kids, a lot of us youth, okay, when we're 18, 19, we are so quick to get married, we are so quick to want a career, we are so quick to try to make a million dollars. We're so quick to try to be all these things that take a lot of time and diligence and effort. A lot of beauty is in the journey, not the finality of the destination. And God, because you know we may not understand in our minds, but you, I know you know in your heart and I can hear you say it. I, I know you know something in your heart about a godly man, about why it's important the church talks about this, about, okay, I don't need a godly man, but I'm gonna stay on track here. And if it happens, it happens. And all of that is beautiful. And a lot of our, like you said, younger generations need to understand that there is no happiness in finality destinations. There is no happiness in getting that job. There is no happiness. There's temporary satisfaction. And that is nice. That's, there's nothing wrong with these things. And if you have been, if you were married right out of college and, and have your career right away in your car, that's nice. But I know, I know that you're wondering, why do I feel that this isn't it? I, okay, I've been around the block more than once. I, mean, mm-hmm. I know this is true. And you know, this is true. And so we're a little bit on the opposite end of the spectrum now, even though we were in that, that mm-hmm. group uh, earlier in our career or in our lives. And now we're kind of like hesitant, right? We're a little bit like, 
keeping our toes, you know, on the beach, you know, maybe feeling the waves every once in a while, but we, you know, mm-hmm. we don't want to jump back in and that's, that's fine. That's a good place to be. Okay. But, and this is what I said, I wanted to talk about way early in the conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of this stuff, Hannah, and you've had good parenting. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We were talking about earlier, but a lot of this stuff that you're talking about now could have been addressed earlier in your life in the church. Mm-hmm. And I have learned so much about the stuff that I've been through. And you know, I've been through some crazy things. Mm -hmm. And God's God's made me, not made me, but has allowed me to because I know how important this conversation is. And you being in the position that you're in, you have such a great opportunity that you've already used to speak diligently and correctly and appropriately about how this stuff matters and how much it will actually help people moving forward in these future generations of blessings and faith. All right. So another thing I want to ask you, okay, and then we'll really, really start to bring this to a close because I have some things that I, I believe will help you. What are some red flags that, you know, pop up <laughs> in your mind when you're, <laughs> when you're thinking about dating, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think for me, uh, I had dated consistently since I was 16 till last year around this time probably and I think red flag in myself is just okay is God enough for me and I should have asked that question of myself a long time ago Um, so I'll take accountability for that but red flags in relationships overall don't ignore them I think for me I was someone who they're showing their true colors like if they're you know flying off the handle or I had a guy that was very possessive wouldn't really let me do my own thing. I had to be in constant communication with him. That's a red flag. Or if you see, you know, your friends are telling you stuff. My parents are telling me stuff. Okay, well, yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this anymore, but I still wanted to, or, oh, well, I'll try again, you know, and whatever. And it's not trying to be necessarily strict or super perfect of a relationship because some people show their true colors in different forms and different ways. And, you know, nobody's perfect, but I think, if they're a good match, it'll be natural. Something I told a guy that I dated and I was just like, okay, well, this should be natural. Well, you know, just give me some time. And I'm like, I have given you time, you know, and I'm not sitting here like I need everything in the first week that we're talking or, you know, a couple weeks or whatever, but you should know what you want. And then once you've communicated with that person, Cause I'm not saying I'm not coming to a relationship going, this is what I need out of relationship. I'm just going to come as I am and we'll see if this works, you know, and you can talk about love languages and all that kind of stuff and, you know, be there for each other in that sense, you know, because my love languages could be different than someone else's, but I think ultimately it's just going to be natural. And that's something like I recently learned, you know, from dating a guy, you know, and it's just like, Okay, well, you can tell me, and that's my thing too, is listen to your gut. That is something, that's a flag that I never thought that I would listen to because I had that feeling before and I'd get anxiety and all this stuff, but I'd just over, I'd mask it because I'm like, oh, this is what it's all about, you know, anxiety. (laughs) This is all it's going to be. So uh, I think that's super important. And I think I've now have the tools and boundaries to be able to be like, okay, well, 
that's not good. I need to know how to handle this. Is it because of me or is it because of them and address it? And if you can grow from it, great, but know that you don't have to stay in a relationship, especially if you're not married yet, do not think that it'll go away. Just address it and move on. Yeah, I love that. Address it. And that's foundational. And it's, it's, I mean, I won't go too far into that, but yeah, it's huge. And we could talk about that all day, honestly, about addressing it. And just like your parents did with you, like it's so important, especially early. It's so important. It helps so much. But one thing that I just, I wanted to share with you, because I think that it's just, everybody needs to know this stuff. I wish I would have known this when I was 13. Okay. So something we mentioned earlier, I feel like what's a good boundary? Well, not having sex. Well, why? See, I always learned that not having sex was because if I did, I'd go to hell. And that was terrible. Right. And so that obviously didn't work for very long. And that, (laughs) right. (laughs) And, but what I'm learning now is the reason I don't want to have premarital sex now is, is honestly because it's so much better when you're married. It is. And God's promised this. Like when you're in a grace covenant and in a woman, then this is something that women need to know that a woman has a very specific grace for her husband that only she can provide to him. So a man needs a woman. Adam was created first, yes, but Eve was created because he needed her, okay? A lot of times, especially in this culture today, men think that they don't need women. That's obviously not true. And then women sort of have a tendency to think that they don't need men. And in naturality, I mean, they kind of don't, (laughs) okay? So men is more Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if, you know, if you're gonna, explain it how it was it that's how it is but women need to understand that they have a lot of influence and grace and strength within their own natural creation and and when they're in and and it's not a bad thing to want to be married as a woman I know women want to be married because they have this gifting and they want to exercise it that's not a bad thing that's a really good thing what 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 happens is men often mature later than women and women often succumb to the immaturity of man because they're trying to exercise that gift right away. So that's where the conundrum comes in. Now, going back to the church, right? It's the church's responsibility and the parents as well, but as community to address these things appropriately. A woman needs to know that it's not a bad thing to want to exercise her specific grace in a grace covenant and that it's it's so powerful to wait. It's so much better. That's why they call it immorality. It's sexual immorality to not be in a grace covenant of marriage when you do it because it's so much less than, not because you're going to hell, even though there is sexual immorality perversion that, that has consequences. But the church needs to start explaining that the ordained way is the best way by far. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah. what we're missing. We're missing that it's the best way by far exponentially second to none Mm -hmm. okay and it is and we didn't really know that growing up and we didn't know that a woman has a specific gift that she really wants to usher in within the confines of a graceful marriage Mm -hmm. so let me talk a little bit more specifically about what that gift represents okay so there's three pillars in the grace covenant there's humility there's strength and then there's forgiveness jesus's pillar was forgiveness Okay, so that's where Jesus comes in into the grace covenant. 
-hmm. For a woman, it's humility. And for a man, it's strength. Now, we were talking about red flags, okay? I always say, look for a man of grace, not a man of God, quote unquote, because godly men were considered Pharisees. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that can be very confusing. All right, so when you talk to a guy and he's like, well, I really believe in grace. I believe I'm more of a man of grace. That is, you know, something you should should perk your ears up on. Okay, because a man of God, you know, that can mean a lot of different things. So that's mm-hmm. all I'm going with that. That doesn't mean that they're not. It's right. just a mature Christian knows the difference. Now, a huge red flag, especially if he is a man of God, is if he disrespects authority. I had a huge problem with authority growing up because my dad wasn't very good to me. Uh, my coaches at some point in my life rejected me. Mm-hmm. So then I started to rebel against their authority because. I was hurt. So mm-hmm. if I'm hurt, and this is, says it very clearly in the Bible, a man can only love a woman as much as he loves himself. If I'm hurt, you will see it in the way mm-hmm. that I respect authority. So if someone tells me no, and I can't handle that, even if they're wrong, yeah. and if I can't handle that, that's a, that's the biggest red flag you've ever seen in your life. Okay, but if he can, even if that person's wrong, and that person can submit to that authority, that's a guy that you want to stick around with. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, there's something that you mentioned about just because he's a Christian, it doesn't mean I have to date him. Absolutely true. Okay. What you want, Hannah, is to be attracted to a man spiritually, mentally, and physically. And all three of those things need to be developed and cultivated through the forgiveness of Jesus, right? Through the grace covenant ordained structure. Yep. But there will be a realization that, wow, we just connect uh, with basketball. We connect with these things. And even if it's not, we connect somehow, some way, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. I used to feel bad for not being attracted to what I thought was, you know, an unattractive girl, right? I I thought that that I was bad. Now I've realized something, and this is a whole different conversation. But if you're a Christian woman and you think you're unattractive, well, I can promise you this: that you were created attractive. You were mm-hmm. like God is symmetry. Symmetry is what we consider attractive. And so I'm not mixing my words here. Like physically attractive, if you feel like you're not. First of all, don't hold yourself to the world standards. But two. There's, there's ways to break generational curses, right? You're just mm-hmm. believing a lie that that's holding you back from ushering in your true radiance of natural beauty, physical beauty. And that's a conversation for another time. So just to wrap this up, mm-hmm. okay? Three things that I mentioned, all right? How the grace covenant works between marriage, okay? A woman represents humility. And the reason why is because she is the greatest influencer, Okay, a lot of women don't think that they're they're second to men, especially in secular culture and, and in the church. But the reason that is, is because Satan wants you to think that you're not. Okay, this world wants you to think that you're not. Okay, Satan tempted Eve first, not because she was weaker, but because she was stronger, because he knew that she would take down Adam with him. If he would have just tempted Adam, right, yeah. he would still be in paradise, right? It would just be a man's world, literally. <laughs> okay, man's fallen world. <laughs> All right. So the reason God has women as humble is because they're in the greatest position of influence with that specific grace. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So yep. when you when you are humble, okay, in that covenant, it strengthens your man. A man gains a lot of strength through the humility of a woman. Mm-hmm. And obviously the forgiveness of Jesus, both of us, the forgiveness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's how the ordained way is anything other than is is less than. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't, I don't, right. We might as well just talk about like gays, transgenders, uh, marriages that aren't in a grace covenant. 
whether they're yeah. Christian or non-Christian. Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason they struggle and, and grace marriages struggle. Okay. Yep. Yep. But the reason they will last, they will be eternal is because of the eternal forgiveness of Jesus. And they know the role of each other. Right. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. And so yep. this is everything that I had. I know, you know, this in your heart and mm-hmm. so did I, we were just never taught this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know the re- and a lot of these things came to me like just now. And I know it's because God wanted me to share it with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so the more people understand what it is that we're talking about, the less we're going to have immorality, confusion in, 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 a lot of these people are just trying to fi- trying to do right. right. Like what we were doing, they were really just trying to do what they thought was the way because no one really ever explained to them the way because Satan just confuses it so much and so much and so much and so mm-hmm. much. When I grew up, people weren't afraid to talk about sex to the kids. They just told them, don't do it or you're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was never, I was never taught how beautiful it really is. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, you spent a lot of knowledge and wisdom. <laughs> no, and I completely agree. And I think what you said, you know, a role of a man and a woman, those both were God ordained. And those are something to not be like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, that's, you know, a woman's role or a man's role, you know, just take all that out of it and know that like you're created for a purpose and take it as a compliment that you don't have to do the man's job and the woman's job. That's so beautiful. And sometimes women can get caught up in that, you know, like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. Or, you know, I just don't think we need to have that perspective for one. And for two, just if you hone in on the reason why God created you and, you know, why he created you a woman or why he created you specifically a man, like it makes so much more sense than just getting caught up in like, oh, well, God just wants you to be this way or, you know, like God is this strict person. No, he made us in beauty and he made us in his image. And that's amazing. You know, I don't know why we lost that, you know, mystery and love that God really had for us to give us those roles and give us the wisdom to be able to fulfill them because of his word, you know? So I don't know. I think it's really important to understand and for you to say all what you did out loud in a podcast and, you know, that it's out there because I think it's really important to break it down and understand that the covenant of marriage is so much more than yourself, you and someone else becoming one. It's you and someone else and God becoming all together, you know, three chords in one. So yeah, very important. So I'm really, that was so good. I was like, all right. Okay. Yep. You got me. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. But going back to what you said, like, and I've, I, Obviously, I'm a man, but I get it because of what my mom went through. Okay, my dad was a pastor, and I know what he did to her, and I know what it's done to her, and how she feels about it. So me saying this, like, it's just driven me to this, like, like how? And my dad would use scripture to justify his actions, and that's why I caution people on the godly man thing, because if a man ever uses, first of all, never read the Bible to justify your actions. You only read the Bible yes. to know more about Jesus. That's it. Okay. Everything else. Yes. I right, but never read the Bible to justify your actions. Okay. And the other thing is this, the reason God has ordained it this way is because if a man can submit to earthly authority, then he most definitely can submit to godly authority. Okay. That's the, that's the red flag that I was talking about earlier. But again, a man can only love a woman as much as he loves himself. If he doesn't respect God's authority, then he can't love himself. And a woman can't, humble herself to a man that's not humbling himself 
to God. Okay, so there is, don't get me wrong, don't, right, in the scriptures for all this, and again, we can get into it maybe more in a different podcast, but the most important thing is, is for, to know that a man truly, truly is loved by God, because then he will love you, and and then I don't think women have a problem, quote unquote, submitting to man, unless they've been hurt, okay, and that's why the forgiveness is so big, but again, the deal is, how did he hurt you? Why did he hurt you? Like, is he hurting you because he's a hard man? Or did he hurt you because he just made a mistake? If he's a hard man, get away from him. But if he, if he has a soft heart, like just ask God, does he have a soft heart? If he has a soft heart, that's something you want to be with. Because a man with a soft heart typically is a man who knows he's strong, who knows he's a warrior, who knows he can defeat whatever it is that he needs to defeat. But at the same time, he has a softness about him. Okay, the best way to describe it is meek right? He is dangerous, but he chooses, especially to his wife, to be soft. And he never lords over her. He'll never lord anything over her. And, and that's why the, that, that's why Jesus is so important. Because if Jesus isn't there, then it's, it's all pointless. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And there is a point, you know, there's a point to relationships. And I think we just got it all wrong. And, you know, what came to mind when you were saying, you know, how women want to express that, you know, nature of humility to their man there's so many women that you know they're just like oh yeah I'll move in with this person yep I'll just yeah and then hopefully the ring will come wrong along and you know you just wait like a puppy you know oh well is it going to be the day or yep you know he asked me to do this he asked me to move in and he asked me to spend the night and all this stuff and it's like no someone who really cares about you and cares about what the Lord says isn't going to ask you those questions for one and for two is going to lead you to what you're supposed to do too, you know? Um, because I think that's a whole submitting to, you know, your husband and the person that you're dating you want to see those qualities in them, you know, before you make that decision. But it's like, I don't know. I think we just get like hearts in our eyes, like the cartoons and it's like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well, whatever they say, you know? And I just, I think that's so, so wrong. And that's how divorce is so, like terrible like there's the 50 percent divorce rate because people there's affairs there's you know um I don't know I think there's gossip among families you know moving in before you get married there's family discord you know all this stuff that you know could have been solved before marriage and some of it comes out in marriage and you can work through it or you can't but I just think you know, as a society, we need to make a turn of that kind of stuff, especially I think at our age, you know, we're like, oh yeah, well, we want to be married. So if this is the closest I can get to married is moving in right now. And then later we can get married or, you know, it's just like, okay, when did that become okay? And how do we turn this around? Because it doesn't need to be like this. And you don't have to raise kids knowing that, oh yeah, well, this is how my mom and dad did it. And this is how we're going to do it. It's like, no, someone needs to tell and talk about it because, it's not supposed to be that way. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's one thing for mom and dad to say it. And I know you had mentioned this earlier, right. And you were like, well, kind of screw them. Right. But it's another thing for mom and dad to say it. And then Hannah as well, like my coach and people need that people, especially kids. Like I looking back on it, I've forgotten a little bit how much I needed that older influence to set the tone, to make it easier for me to follow in the footsteps. And for you to do that, back in your local community is you know it speaks volumes for what how willing and how humble you are and 
the most interesting thing about attractiveness, I think men are extremely attracted to women who are single-minded, who know what they want and what they're doing. And you're following that path. And I think it's not so much you, right? Like you're not good enough, quote unquote, as much as it's God hiding you. God hides us a lot of the time. And the reason he hides us is because he has such a great present for us, right? It's almost like he's throwing a surprise birthday for us 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh-huh. but it's, it's 50 years worth of presence and, and excitement and joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I just, I just know that he's doing that in a lot of people's lives right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the one thing that I have understood is like, okay, if I'm the only one, but I'm still doing what God's calling me to do. I, yeah, I know that God has me and it doesn't matter. Um, There's this picture that goes around social media sometimes and it's of this little girl and um, Jesus is kneeling down to her and she's got this little teddy and he's asking her to give up her little teddy bear and she doesn't want to, but he's got a big teddy behind him, you know, because we don't see what God sees, you know, and I think it's important to understand that it's okay to not know it's just okay to be in relationship with him. And that should be enough. There was someone else that said, you know, if God never did anything for me until I died, I would be okay with that because he did enough for me by dying on the cross. And then also, what does he owe me? Like, he doesn't owe me anything. You know, I owe him my life, you know, like for someone to go die on a cross and honestly give us the best life we ever could by his word and literally give us you know, his Holy spirit. It's just, that's what we should be living for, you know, and not so caught up in everything else. So, yeah. Well, you want to talk about humility and this is something that I've struggled with. Okay. And totally agree with everything that you're saying. Like, I really believe in it. And this is something that I struggle with. Okay. Cause it's going to sound crazy, but God does owe us. And that's, that's really humbling because <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh man. I know. I know. But just listen. Okay. It, Cause I can, I'm not going to pull up scripture or whatever, but he didn't just go to the cross to make a clean slate. Like he didn't, he, he went to the cross to make a super abounding slate, a slate where we are protected. We're prospered for, and we have purpose. Like that's, that's humbling. Like to me, that's so crazy that God, not only did I owe him, I owe him, I owe him. Right. But he's like, no, 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 I'm going to put Jesus on the cross. And not only is it a clean slate, but I owe you because I love you. It's not, I mean, always is a hard word. I get that, but it's more like, I want to, I want to give you more. It's not enough for me just to give you a clean slate. I want to give you everything. So the bigger we see the cross, the bigger we see God, the less our inequities and the less religion and all that other stuff and lawlessness appears in our life. And the more faith we have, and the more we get excited about the unknown. Okay. I know in this, in this culture, with statistics and everything and probability and all that good stuff. It's very easy for us to be confident in what we know, but really life is in the unknown. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I more said that quote because if you, I don't know, I think if we live in the way God created us to be, those things will come. And like you said, they will come and he does provide those things. Like, Uh, Our pastor was talking about it this weekend. You know, he will bless you. He'll bless your socks off, but it won't be the way you thought it would be. And it's like, oh yeah, for sure. And I think if we come with, you know, truthfully, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to go to the cross. He didn't have to, he could have let us die and not have an abundant life or anything, provide anything for us. But instead 
he chose to die on the cross, come into our life and create a whole new life for us when he really didn't have to. I mean, he's God, he can do whatever he wants. So I think for us to be, you know, living in a gratefulness and thankfulness mindset, but also just realizing like God is so much bigger than we thought, you know, it's, it's not only just, oh yeah, Hannah, you're going to be in my line, Wisconsin, Hannah, this is what you're going to be given, or, you know, I'm going to put this person in your life, or, you know, you wanted that young adults group. Okay. Yep. Here's a bunch of community around you to be able to grow. There's been so many bigger blessings that I never thought that I would have seen in my long, in my life overall, because truthfully, I I would be okay with God just going, okay, it's just you and me. And this is what we're going to do. Okay. If I can submit to that, God will bless me because that's not, I'm coming from a mindset of honestly, you don't have to do anything else <laughs> because you're doing so much in my life right now that I, yeah, if you choose to, that's great. But yeah, I just, I think if we're grateful and can honestly be, yeah, hidden with the Lord, that's what's what, what it's all about. And if you're living your purpose, that's what it's all about. So, yeah. And I love what you said, like the mindset of gratitude. That is, I, I mean, I don't even, we, I've talked about this before and, and there's a lot of truth to all this. There's different mindsets and I get that, but I mean, if there was only one, it would be the one of gratitude. And, and I've been in a similar place with you. And so I know that when God shares stuff with me, it's not just for one, it's not just for me, but one, never despise humble beginnings. And two, if you're faithful with a little, he will give you more. And the, and the funny thing about that is he's always faithful to our unfaithfulness. So even if we're unfaithful with the little, he'll still keep giving us chances to be faithful mm-hmm. with the little. So it's yes. just, it's, it's really no way to lose. And so that makes you very thankful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think we think when we make one wrong decision or we fall short, that God's still not there, but he is there. You know, he's opening another door. There's, there's a book um, by Louis Giglio. It's called don't let the enemy have a seat at your table and God will provide a door. And then the door will get smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, he used an example of a bachelorette trip of going to the bars and all this stuff. And, you know, okay, well you chose to go. Okay. You got in the cab. You can get out of the cat, you know, there's, there's ways out and there are ways out, I think. And maybe someone needs to hear this, you know, that there is a way out. You just have to choose to get out. So God's providing the way you just, you have to decide. And that goes for anything, you know, and I think to bring this in the baptism, when I got rebaptized in September, I made that decision because I knew God had it on my heart and I could have chose to not or to do it. And you know, I was baptized as a baby and all that stuff. And I'm not disregarding, you know, what my parents had decided for me, but this was a decision that I made finally. And I knew that God <laughs> needed me to do that, you know, and I could have said no, um, but it's out of obedience and it's out of, you know, a decision to change that we're able to change and, you know, do what God calls us to do. You know, I, I think you and I both agree that it's not a line that you walk that you're like, oh, well, this is, I have to walk this perfectly. This is how it's going to be. It's no, you're just making small decisions that are obedient to Christ. And if you don't, you know, it's not like, oh, well, shoot, I screwed up and God doesn't love me anymore. It's like, no, we made that decision. You can either turn that into a snowball or you can turn it into a stepping stone closer to the Lord. It's very simple, but we, we just, a number one, the enemy is eating at us going, oh, well, you're a terrible person because you made that decision. 
And number two, it, we are our own worst enemy anyway, um, because we don't think the best of ourselves either, because we are listening to the enemy. And maybe those around us that aren't supportive and being, you know, uplifting in a Christian community. So, yeah, well, I really like that you brought up your rebaptism, and I think that's great. And don't ever like, and I, because I've gone through this and I'm still tempted by it, but it's like, getting baptized isn't like a, a show of whatever if and this is the difference this is the difference this is the difference between someone who wears a cross necklace for the right reason someone who doesn't someone who whatever posts on instagram for the right reason person that doesn't right because there's this is this is the truth if it's done out of being inspired then that's the right attitude that's the right mindset if it's done out of obligation then that's the religious mindset and the only way to truly be inspired comes by hearing and hearing. So the more you hear about how big God is and how good Jesus is, it makes you want to get rebaptized. And that's a good thing. There is a lot to be said about being, it's the symbology. And this is, you know, where Abraham comes in with the circumcision and all that, like blah, 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 blah. People were missing the point of it because they thought that was the, the act of righteousness. It wasn't. That was the result. The baptism is the result of your righteous mindset. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, I had wanted to do it a couple of years before, but I just wanted to do it because I wanted to do it and knew I maybe had to at that point. And honestly, I just dug myself into a really bad hole and I woke up one morning and I knew I had to make a change because I was making like stupid, stupid choices and the people around me that love me didn't really like me, you know, and I was like leading groups and I was just living this double life. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore because number one, I'm not being a good leader. And number two, I can't keep up with myself because I'm either this person who parties or I'm the church girl and the perfect girl. So, and people saw me as both and they thought that was okay. And some people saw me separately, which whatever. So I remember making a decision, you know, when I, talk to it was like the weirdest thing I could feel the enemy pushing so hard I had to send a text to my friend who's a pastor and I was like Emma you know I really need to get baptized and I couldn't even get it out like I couldn't even it was so hard to text and I was like I'm a texter I text people all the time I'm like I don't know why this is so hard but once I texted her it was like the enemy lost his power it was like all right, here we go. Emma's asking me these questions. I said, I want to do it soon. You know, it was in September, so it was almost cold. And uh, I was like, just, I typed out this whole thing. I invited my parents. I'm like, I don't care if you guys go or not. I'm going with Emma and Frank. And here we go. I don't care who shows up. I. It's funny. It's funny. This. It's funny how you went from <laughs> I'm barely gonna. I can't send this text to I don't care who's gonna be there. I'm gonna do this. It's funny yeah. how there's the change, right? Yeah, because I was like. I cannot live under this stronghold anymore. I can't live under the, you know, well, is this as good as it's going to get, you know, that kind of mindset. So I was like, well, God's definitely bigger than all of this. So literally, I mean, people say it all the time. Like once you're dipped in the water, it's new. Uh, it's only new if you decide if it changes you. The water doesn't magically just make it all good. I think the Holy Spirit within you is the decision to come in. You have to decide because he's always knocking. It's our choice to open the door, I believe. And 
I think for me, it was like, okay, I need to fully let him in. It's not a creak in the door, you know, for him to come in once in a while and leave. It was like, this is his resting place. This needs to be his resting place. This is, I want him here. And yeah, it's been an absolutely insane wild ride since then, but I am so excited and it's changed so much about myself. And I think, geez, I don't know. I wish I would have known this now, but I think <laughs> it's been really good uh, because yeah, I, I can still change. I can still say sorry to people that I hurt. I can still um, mend my relationship with my family. They're all still here, which is such a blessing. We're under the same roof. They're outside over here right now. So yeah, I just think, you know, for anybody that, you know, thinks that they're too far gone or, you know, people say that all the time, but honestly, there's no better day than today to ask for the Lord to come into your life to, you know, if you're thinking about baptism, if that's the right step for you, great. Um, or maybe it's talking to someone in the church. Maybe it's, you know, your coach who's a Christian. Maybe it's, you know, a substitute teacher. Maybe it's your regular teacher. Maybe it's the person down the road, your neighbor, whoever it might be. Maybe those are conversations that you want to have because honestly, it's no better time than now. And there's no goal or anything on earth that's going to satisfy like the Lord. And I think that's finally something I learned. Um, because yeah, like you talked about in the beginning, there's so many things that you can achieve and do and be. I mean, I bought my first vehicle for the first time in October and that was awesome. And I'm really thankful and grateful that I'm able to do it. But I know that that's not something that defines me. I know that God, you know, has created a good work ethic in me, but that doesn't complete me, you know, and I think you can have the money, you can have the car, you can have the wife, the husband, the whatever, but it's still not going to complete you. You know, you're still going to be searching for something. And I think God is, I think, and know that God is that hole that fills you because he's the one who created you. That's the missing puzzle piece. Yes. It's the relationship with the father. And I mean, if you, if you go into that scientifically from any type of standpoint, psychological or neurological, whatever it is, we all, no matter how good our parenting was, because we all fall short, we all desire that immortality fatherhood that that's omnipresent, omni, omniscient, all that. Like there's no way anything from this world can supplace that. Right, right. And I think it's hard because society is so like, oh, fill it with this, fill it with that, fill it with this. Right. People but, make money off the Busy. Board. Yeah. And it's busy. Like I have a busy life, but I would never think that that would be any better or completes me because of my relationship with the Lord. If you're right with the Lord, everything else will become right in your eyes. I think it's just a, you have to have a right perspective of God in order to love him and love who you are and love your purpose because without that relationship and that love first nothing else will make sense so yeah yeah uh, one pastor and he's my favorite pastor says it best he says right believing leads to right living and so once you you know and the only way to believe right is to read what's actually true and that brings me back to something that you mentioned because this this is something that i always hammer on is that 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 difficult choice that you made to send that text and how hard it was because a lot of people, the reason they don't want to believe in this and, and it doesn't matter, you know, how you say it, but <clears throat> the greatest, the greatest thing in the world 
God and have loving the Father, the thing that could love you more than you could even imagine. People are afraid to come close to him. And so just explain that a little bit. And you and you were raised in a church and all this. Okay. So something that, and I was just talking to a guy last week about how he went to church and he had all these reasons not to. And I just think it's so amazing when people go, when they cross that threshold. Okay. So if you could mention something to anybody right now, that's, that's doesn't want to send that text. Okay. What are you saying? Um, I think for me, you have to disregard your view of Christians, number one, because, and the church for that matter, because the church and Christians aren't a right view of God sometimes, um, and maybe more often than not. Um, so I think first off you have to, I don't know, I think you, ha- you would have to have a great leader. And if you have somebody that you look up to and you know, they're a Christian, I think, um, I don't know. I like to think that nobody's intimidating. You know, if there's somebody that really knows you and loves you, they'll be open to talking about it. And I think you just, I don't know. For me with Emma, I knew of her, but I thought that she would talk down to me. I had this perception of her in my head because we went to school together. You know, she was a year younger than me. And I was like, I just think she's going to think I'm just this rotten person. And because at the time I was leading a women's group and I was making all these dumb choices and it was almost like my own like accountability, but I still was going to do whatever I wanted. So, and she was in it and she's a pastor. So she's like, she had texted me and it was nothing like that. And since then, still, she has never made me feel like, you know, I don't know enough or, you know, I'm not good enough in God's eyes. She's always the one that's rooting me on, cheering me on from afar. She's meet, you know, met with me. I've met with her and her husband, you know, there's been great things. So I think for me, it was just like, don't let the enemy win, honestly, because if you know it's something that God has placed on your heart, don't let someone else or the enemy in, in specific, let you not do something that God wants you to do. Because yeah, even like middle school coaching. And when I got asked, I was like, oh, no way. Uh uh-uh, uh, I am not doing that. Nope. I am not equipped. I don't like middle school. Nope. And it took someone else telling me, like, I think you'd be good at it for me to be like, uh, okay, maybe. And honestly, it was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I, I'd always wanted to be a coach, but I didn't think I was ready and prepared to. But I think God definitely worked in me in order to do that. So I think honestly, it's just taking a leap of faith. Like everybody talks about, it's very cheesy, but I think it truly is just stepping outside your comfort zone and wanting to change, wanting like, I don't, whatever I'm doing isn't working. (laughs) So, and honestly, just falling to that because it's like, okay, well, obviously I've tried literally everything to try to get a better life and do these things. And I can't do it anymore. I can't do it on my own. I can't find it from a guy. I can't find it from my friends. So I, someone needs to tell me something different, you know, and if that person can provide that information or if it's, you know, us from this podcast or whatever, honestly, then that's it, you know, and you just have to choose actively choose to be like, okay, I'm going to see God the way he sees me. And that's how I'm going to do it. You know, don't, I just hate that. You know, I hate that people think that you know, they can't run to God or they can't run to anybody that's going to listen to them. You know, I was just talking to a girl about this last night. She's crying 
And she's just like, I just don't know what to do. My parents put me in counseling. I don't know what to do. And I just said, you know, reach out to me, reach out to me and know that like God will take care of it. She's like, there's so much on my shoulders. I don't know what to do. I said, God will just give it to him. And, you know, she kind of looked at me and she's crying and I'm like, no, seriously, like just, I'm like, I go through struggles. I'm in struggles right now, you know, and you know, we all have something to give up. So just give it up. Mm. Don't. And it's not harsh. It's just like, seriously, be taken care of. I think we so often are like, well, I want to take care of myself and we don't do it very well. So <laughs> maybe let's try God's way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of something that you said to me one time when I, I was going through some difficult times and I remember just kind of bumping in you randomly. And it just reminded me because of, of what you said to her, you just have such a natural cultivating gift. And that, that cultivation goes really well with coaching. I mean, it's just not surprising that God has you where you are because it just really aligns with who you are. And sometimes when we don't see it, God will use other people to make us see it. And that's very beautiful. But yes, something that you said to me when I was struggling, and it was just weird how it hit me. You said, well, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, it kind of hit me. And I remember I just, I, I used to always say that and I used to always believe it. And then, you know, I struggled with it because it's like, well, does it really? And then when you said that, I thought about it for a little bit, you know, and, but just the way you said it and everything that just came with it. And it's a very simple thing to say, but it meant a lot to me. So I want to say thank you for that. And I'm sure that's exactly how that girl feels right now. She may not understand what's going on right now, but a couple of years down the road, she'd be like, wow, that that helped a bunch. It helped me get through that, that, that mode where I didn't want to reach out. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, it's very flighty and maybe a worldly quote, you know, everything. I, I, see, I, I knew, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, I just, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I was going to say, I was going to say it doesn't matter. Like that's, that's kind of the yeah. religion thing where I got to say what's right. No, no, no. You got to say what's on your heart. God will take care of the rest. Like you use mm-hmm. your gifts. You mm-hmm. use your, and, and I know as you mature and you get older, you're going to have, you're going to say the right things all the time or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's, that's where God's, God shows you your gift. Even mm-hmm. when you're wrong, you're right. It's very strange, but it's, it's very mm-hmm. beautiful and you weren't yeah. necessarily wrong, but I, yeah, I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. Yeah. Well, I everything, just, everything yeah. happens for the best for the believer, right? Because mm-hmm. we have free choice. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that uh, a pastor said is, um, oh gosh, let me see if it's in my journal. Uh, Cause he was saying, if you want to change, something about changing. Um, if you want to change what you do, change what you think of you. And I think that's so true. So um, if you want to change what you want to do, what you want to do, what you think of you. change what you think of you. Yeah. yeah. Craig Groeschel said that. And um, I think I don't know. And if we can see it in someone else, I think it's important to say it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, whether, you know, like you said in the beginning, you said, you know, sometimes it's just high. Um, if it's something like that, or if it's something that God's laying on your heart, say it. Because I think so often we're like, oh, I don't want to say it. Or, you know, or you're looking at someone and you're like, wow, you have beautiful eyes. Or, mm-hmm. wow, I like your um, eyeshadow. I told a lady that today, you know, and even though it's worldly or, you know, oh, well, I just said it, you know, it's not anything profound. It's like, okay, that could lead into a conversation later. And I can leave that to God. You know, I don't have to be like, okay, 
hi, you look really pretty. Do you know about Jesus? You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, I can live and be the example and then God can do the rest. I think we just think, you know, we got to have everything right. And yeah, everything does happen for a reason. And if we can actually learn how to, yeah, understand what that means and lean into God, you did, you know? Mm. So you took my advice, my little line. <laughs> so yeah. Nah, I definitely appreciate it's never it. It's a bad thing. So no. yeah, anything and, you go through is never like bad. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's always hope with God. Just to follow up on what you're saying, the I just think that it's important for you to say what's on your heart. And I we don't always do it, and that's okay. But when we do, it's really amazing. And sometimes the result's not there right away. But when you do, it it really is, it's a, it just goes back to that first decision you made where you sent that text. And, and it kind of really always comes back to that. That's why I think these things happen. I think, you know, I don't, I've never met a Christian who's just got it all right, has it all perfect, and has never met it, messed up. I think even 30 years down the road, there'll probably come a time where we need to, quote unquote, send that text. Okay, it may not be the same scenarios or circumstances, but it's there's going to be a similar situation where we have to be inspired by God's love to correct our behavior. It's just, it, it's, it's inevitable. Okay. And so that's why quote unquote mature Christians may seem to get it wrong because it's, it's like, well, I've been a Christian my whole life, you know, and I've already done that. And you know, it's this and that, like, I don't need to do that. I don't need counseling or I don't need this. Or I don't need that. Why? Cause I've already done it. Like, no, dude, really every day is a new day and we're susceptible. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. like just, if you're not humble, man, it doesn't take long. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, yeah, sometimes I have to stop myself. Cause I'm like, gosh, am I bipolar? Because one day <laughs> I'm like really happy. And then another day I get really upset at little things, you know, but it's like, okay, I just need to grow from that. You know, it's not, uh, you know, I really don't go from a high to a low and I'm all over the place. I don't, you know, I'm not that yeah. kind of person. Well, actually, thank you for mentioning that because that was the other thing that was a red <laughs> flag for both sides. Okay. Mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. how do they handle negative situations? Yeah. Negative yeah. Situations. Do they shut down? Do mm-hmm. they overreact? Like, like, or do they address it and overcome it diligently? I mean, right. that, you know, I, I don't know if anyone can do that if they're not a Christian. I mean, I'm being mm-hmm. serious. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think it's, yeah, my big word is like accountable. Okay. If I'm gonna, if I screwed up at work, I'm going to talk to my coworkers and, you know, make sure that they know that I screwed up or hopefully cultivating that within them for them to be like, oh yeah, I had a rough day yesterday. This is why, you know, because so often I think, I don't know, as a manager, kind of roping this all together as a manager, as a coach, whatever, some of those leadership roles are like, oh, well, they have it all together. And you know, I can't talk to them about my personal things. And maybe that was more of a traditional view of those kind of things. But um, I think those are the perfect people to talk to because they're the ones that go through that stuff. Even if they're in those kind of situations, they've learned and should be able to provide some wisdom, I believe, especially from a Christian perspective, you know, to be able to grow. Um, but if we if we feel so stunted, I mean, it's just like God, you know, and I'm not saying we're in the place of God. I'm just saying like, it's a view of, you know, how we come to the father. It's the same thing here on earth. Like we should be able to come to the person and be like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with, you know, because 
honestly, how are we ever going to grow? And I just kind of hammer that with my coworkers and the workers that we have. I'm like, just come to me, ask me, tell me these questions. And I think the biggest thing is even just coming to me because it's Mm -hmm. like, well, I just don't know. I don't want to bother you. I'm like, no, come to me, please. Like, seriously, I want to hear your heart. Listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And actively like actually saying, yeah, I want to hear from you, you know, because we're just such a disingenuous generation sometimes and a world in general. So it's like, okay, someone who actually cares, maybe that's scary. I don't know, but <laughs> well, I think it's a good thing. Well, yeah. And, and we said it earlier, don't underestimate what you know, but also don't underestimate who you are just not even saying anything. Like people can mm-hmm. tell by just who, how you carry yourself that you're different and that there's a different energy about you. And I talked about this on my last podcast, but what the kids call it is real recognizes real. And yeah. <laughs> So, and that's the truth. Like you can do a lot without even saying it. And, right. and that really is the open door. Cause I, I've had my struggles with quote unquote evangelism and this and that. And again, religion makes it blows it way out of proportion, oh, but yeah. they can't even know Jesus if they don't know you and, and getting to know you is knowing Jesus. It's the, it's Jesus mm-hmm. through you, like Josh and Jesus, Hannah and Jesus, that is one person and, and them getting to know you is knowing Jesus and, organically and naturally it's Mm -hmm. the only way because really what it comes down to is planting seeds allowing those seeds to grow and 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 it's more so being unintentional is how the seeds grow the best i and i know that sounds and that's it's specifically for secular okay in the church it's much different but when you're out in the world it's it's really more so an inadvertent reverse psychology upside down kingdom type of approach where you just you just be yourself and if they ask questions, be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just being the genuine person that you are for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and, and don't back down either. Like, it's not a thing where you can't, like, I've had very honest conversations with kids on the football team where I'm like, I do not like your attitude. This isn't healthy. This isn't who you are. Right. This mm-hmm. isn't, this is not good. Any, any way, shape or form. And that wasn't me trying to evangelize. And that was me like, I don't like this, this you know, because this can lead to very bad things. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've said that so <laughs> often this year, <laughs> Yeah, especially the middle school girls. So and it'll probably never end, but I'm glad you're doing it. I'll probably recruit yeah. your middle school girls just so I can have some good attitudes on the team and make yeah. my job easier. <laughs> and if they don't, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you there. Well, any last words that you'd like to share? I guess the biggest thing that we've talked about and I guess the most important thing for the two of us for sure is just honestly leaning into God. You know, maybe this is like your first blip of what God might be to you, how you could have a relationship with him. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a refreshing conversation. Maybe it's pushed you. Maybe it's convicted you. But I think overall, let, you know, God change your heart in whatever direction it's supposed to go and know that you're not good at being God. God is. So um, a good quote to end with is like, God is good. God is good to me. And God is good at being God. That's why Lisa Turkhurst, uh, because I think, yeah, I don't know. It just don't over overcomplicate it. Be who God created you to be because that's the best version of yourself. So God's got it. We just got to listen. So absolutely. I love it, Hannah. Thank you for those closing words and some last words from me. You do know. Okay. You do know. I love your humility, but you do know, and you're growing and you, the sky's the limit for you. 
All right. So that will conclude this episode. Thank you so much for listening. That's episode two with Hannah Henson. And I will send out a link to her podcast, which is way better than mine. And so be sure to listen to that when you get a chance. Thank you very much.